God. Right? Amen. So God is still good, and you know what? God is in control. Amen. Amen. And uh, thank you, Tony and uh, Christian, right? Ethan, for, the, for joining us today. Amen. So we're going to flow. We're going to continue on. Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about uh, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, but we'll see how much we get through tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. All right. So we started talking about, well, a couple weeks ago, and Marie talked about it last week. I believe she mentioned that, how, you know, in order for us to even have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we got to come to Christ. We have to come to Christ. And it starts with that because as soon as we come to Jesus, guess what? The Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, right? And we don't know him in his fullness yet, but he comes into our hearts and our lives start to change. And, you know, he calls us to walk differently. And sometimes that can be difficult in this flesh, right? So each and every one of us probably had a different walk when we came, you know. But I can say personally with me, you know, it was just like a, a, a flood that came in with me, right? So, and it was an immediate change for me, right? And even when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean that we've, we've arrived, right? Because we're still in this flesh, right? We talked about it before. We still have this flesh. So, we still may lose our tempers, right? You know, we still may get irritated, right? And, and, and other things. But we still may be selfish, right? Because we have, we, we have this flesh. But the more time we spend with the Lord in prayer, the more time we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the more we begin to change. So, why do I say that? Because we can have as close of a relationship with Jesus Christ as we want. It's ultimately up to us. It's ultimately up to us on how close we want to get to God. Right? Because sometimes we, like, we, we feel like God is in the distance. And we always feel like we have to feel His presence all the time. Yeah, we can feel his presence, but it doesn't mean we're always going to feel his presence all the time, all right? So, you know, like I said, it starts with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It starts with the relationship with Christ, right? And then we see, we learn in the Bible, and then we're going to get to it even Wednesday with Acts chapter 2, and we're going to delve into it a little bit tonight. Uh, you know, then we got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? And then we hear that word baptism in the Holy Spirit, and sometimes, you know, we can wonder in our mind, well, what is that, right? Just thinking of it really as just being filled with the Holy Ghost, right? Because we, we said, and I've said it myself, that, you know, it's one baptism, many filling. But think about once you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, now you're filled, right? So we're going to talk about that a little bit. So we, we, uh, we came from, let's turn to Ephesians 5, uh, which is our foundational scripture that we've been dealing with. And, you know, I talked about how, and we're going to read it here, that it's not optional for us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not, it's not optional. And, and that's the problem with us. Sometimes we think it's optional with Christians, as I say, the church. We think it's optional, but it's not optional. And I read that, and I'm going to read a couple more scriptures involved with that. So Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 17 and 18. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand the will of the Lord. And I talked about that a couple weeks ago. Understanding the will of the Lord. So what is the will of the Lord? And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So we have to be filled with the Spirit. So, you know, I think y'all, we've been in church, <laughs> most of us have been in church, we've heard people say, well, be drunk in the Spirit. Well, that, that's not of God, right? It's not, because anytime drunkenness is noted in the Bible, it is uh, not good, right? So... 
And then we don't we don't associate that, and, and people associate being drunk in the spirit with Acts chapter two, but that has nothing to do with being drunk in the spirit because what they were doing were actually mocking them, those that got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So there's no such thing as being drunk in the spirit. But I just want to say, so we got here that said Paul says what, be filled, and he says that that is the will of the Lord. So we have to be filled. So again, like I've been saying, it's not optional. It's not optional. Okay, so now, let's turn to John chapter 14. So Paul says it's not optional, and it, he's understanding Paul is being led by the Spirit of the Lord to say that. So, let's see who else says it. Alright, John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So let's stop right there. So we have commandments. So, and y'all heard me say that. So we automatically assume that, that that is dealing with morality, and which, yeah, it can be. But really, what commandments is Jesus talking about here? Because he's actually talking about in chapter 13, where he told the disciples this, I give you a new commandment. And what's the new commandment? That you love one another. Right? We can't fellowship with the Holy Ghost if we're not fellowshipping with each other. We can't say we have a relationship with the Lord if we don't have a relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that can't be. He's saying a new commandment. So what else is a commandment? Also in chapter 13 at the beginning, he says what? He, he washes the disciples' feet. Why? Because here he's trying to demonstrate them to submit to one another. Right? And I talked about it Wednesday in Acts chapter 1, how all before when they walked with Jesus, they were in disagreement, they were bickering, one wanted to be up here. Well, actually James and John wanted to sit on the side of Jesus, right? And then they were trying to decide who was the greatest among them. But Jesus wanted them to submit. And that is a part of when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We will submit. Let's go to Ephesians 5. And we'll, we'll come back. You can keep your finger there. We're going to come back there. Just read the, uh, verse 18, how we need to be filled with the uh, with the Spirit. So I'm gonna skip down because uh, we read uh, 19 before. But verse 21. No, actually, I'll start at 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. See, if we're in our flesh, it's gonna be hard for us to submit. But if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it becomes easy. We're not trying to be on top. We're not trying to show off. But we're going to serve one another. And, and, and get this. So why is it important to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Look at uh, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So in order for the wife to submit the way the Lord wants her to, she's got to be filled. Right? So let's keep going. Husbands, you've got to be filled. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the, by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, 
but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So in order for me to love my wife, that requires me to also be filled the way Christ wants me to love my wife. That's what I say. In order for me to love my wife the way Christ wants me to, I have to be filled. Amen. Right? Amen. She got an amen out of that. So prior to Christ, I didn't love my wife amen. the way the Lord wanted me to. But once I came to Christ and now I'm filled, now I'm loving my wife. Right? So what else? It's not just for, for the, for the uh, adults. Going over to chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. So sometimes we think that, my daughter's smiling because she wants me to read the next verse after this. <laughs> read it. <laughs> so we're dealing with children first. <laughs> so in order for, you know, children to, to walk in obedience with the Lord, they got to be filled. See, we, we think it sometimes it's just for the adults, but no, it's for the ch children too. And, and chapter 5, verse 18, when he says being filled, all this is following that. So when we're filled, we're doing these things. Okay, Vanessa, just for you. And verse 4, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So now, if I'm filled, I'm not going to provoke them. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes provoking to them. It's not really provoking. <laughs> but anyway, you know, if I'm filled, I am going to train up my children. Right? That, that, that is a part of walking in line with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So where were we at? Let's go back to John. All right. I left that. Uh, All right. I read 16, but I'm going to read 16 again. And I will pray the Father... And he should give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So here's the thing. It just struck me today. He says another comforter. If it's another comforter, that means, guess what? There must have been another comforter somewhere. Right? So who was that comforter? Jesus. Because Jesus was, if we think about it, Jesus was a comforter to the disciples. Right? When they couldn't do something, it was Jesus. When they were in the midst, when they were on the boat, in the storm, where was Jesus? Right there, being a comforter to them, right? When Jesus was up in, um, in the Mount of Transfiguration, praying, right? With Peter, James, and John, and the disciples couldn't cast the Spirit out, here comes the comforter, right? So I talked about before that how now uh, Jesus went from being in one place with them to now they can be all over. And, and because of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the one called alongside to help See, Jesus was called alongside to help them. He's their Lord. He's Well, he's our Lord, but he was their Lord and Savior. And he was called alongside to help, and that's what he did. Amen. And now, guess what? That's what we have today. We still have Christ with us, right? But we have the Holy Spirit. He, so he leads us. He guides us. So when we can't figure things out, he's there. And that's why it's important for us to be filled. right? So it's not just us going out of our flesh. And... and we, we're going to see here in a little bit that it's important for us to be continuously filled. It has to be something that we do daily. Because what happens if we're not, if we're not filled, we can be what? Unfilled. Right? So how do we get unfilled? Believe it or not, we can get unfilled just by going doing works in the church. And we, we see it a lot of time with Christians where they love the Lord, 
they get they get bogged down doing so much. And look, pastors can get that way. Get bogged down doing so much. Why? Because they're not praying. They're not spending time with the Lord. And then if we're not spending time with the Lord, now we're not filled. Now we're starting to run on empty. And it's important for us not to run on empty. We, we have to continuously be filled. And that's good. All right. Uh, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He's in us. He's in us. And we can't forget that. And sometimes we can go through our day-to-day -day activities and work and we can forget that. But we have to understand. What we see, he sees. What we hear, he's here. Whatever we put inside of us, guess what? He's aware of that. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. So Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. So guess what? We shouldn't be comfortless. We, we, don't, we, we're not, we shouldn't have to be concerned about being lonely at times, right? Yeah, we have fellowship with one another, absolutely. But the times where we may be alone in the house somewhere, guess what? We have the Holy Spirit. And guess what he wants to do? Spend time with us. Amen. He, he, he's tugging at our heart saying, spend time with me. Talk to me. Amen. Right? I want to spend time with you. But how many of us heed that call? Right? Just this week. That's what you're doing. Tugging at me. Come on, I want to spend time with you. This time I got up. The other week I didn't get up. You know, this time I got up. Why? And then I found myself, even as going through this, I'm walking closer with him. Why? Because I'm keeping him in front of me. I'm spending time with him. And I'm acknowledging his Holy Spirit. And see, when, when, when we're filled, we're going to be different. Right? We're, we're going to be different. People are just not going to see us the same. Right? And we're, believe it or not, it's not about feelings, but we're going to feel different. We're going to feel different. Because when we're, full, when we're filled, guess what? We're not going to be having all these thoughts going through our head. And then, and then even if the enemy brings fiery thoughts, guess what? Boom. We're going to cast it down. Because the Holy Spirit's going to warn us. Why? Because he's called alongside to help. See, so regardless of who tries to come and stir us up and get us irritated, Holy Spirit's going to warn us. And He'll warn us ahead of time. But we just got to listen. We got to obey. And that comes from spending time with Him, walking with Him. Amen. Amen. So uh, let's turn to Acts chapter 1. And we've been on this chapter on Wednesday. Acts chapter 1. So I mentioned this Wednesday, but I'm going to mention it now again. Alright. Acts chapter 1, looking at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. So, not many days from now. <laughs> not many days from now. So he's commanding them to stay there. Right? Because he doesn't want us going out doing these things without being filled. And that's what we do as Christians. We just go out and do things and we think it's good. And we, we, we've seen it in church, we've been in churches where people who they may be even seeking the Lord and the pastor will have them do things, but they're not filled. They're not filled, so it's going to be foreign to them. Right? And, and, and what can they really give out? Because if we're filled, now we're going to be pouring out. Amen. 
We're going to pour it. We're going to pour out. Because guess what? It's no longer about us. It's about Christ. Alright, so he's saying, he's giving them a commandment, not to depart, but basically, again, to be filled, be baptized, wait to be baptized. Well, where do we get this commandment from? Going back up to verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles, which he had chosen. So, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, even while he was speaking to the apostles. Each time Jesus prayed for people, he was led by the Holy Spirit. So, guess what? We have to... Be led by the Holy Spirit. So, we're familiar with um, Acts chapter 3, where Peter and, James, Peter and John, excuse me, healed the lame man. The scriptures say he laid there daily at the temple. So, guess who walked by? Jesus. <laughs> so, we see all the people that Jesus prayed for. Why did he pray for this lame man? Spirit didn't tell him to. Because probably leaving it for uh, Peter and John. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> but I do know that that lame man laid there daily, and Jesus didn't pray for him. So Jesus had to walk by him multiple times when he went into the temple. So it's not always where, yeah, let's just go and let's do, do, do. No. So we got to wait, and we got to listen on what the Lord wants us to do. Amen. Amen. So... He talked about, uh, alright, so I, I mentioned earlier how when they walked with Jesus, how they were all um, bickering and sometimes they weren't on one car, right? So now they're waiting. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2. So they're waiting. Why? Because it's no longer about their agenda and what they're doing. Beginning at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were in one accord, one place. Why? Because it's no longer what they're trying to do. Now they're trying to obey Jesus and what he told them to do. And that was to wait. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? So now, I, I skipped the skip verse. Um, Mark 1, chapter 8 says, uh, with John the Baptist saying, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So what does, this is what they're getting here. They're getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what does baptize mean? It means to dip repeatedly. See, we think sometimes we, we, we picture baptize, baptism when we hear that word baptized, somebody getting baptized in the Jordan River. Or, you know, our own baptism. Going down and coming up. Yes. But he's saying that word baptized there means repeatedly. So, not that we're going to get baptized, but we should be filled repeatedly. We should be filled consistently. Continuously, rather. That's what I meant to say. So, when you think of, it also means to immerse, to submerge. So, it's like when you're making a pickle. Right? The cucumber. <laughs> right? Vinegar, salt, and it soaks in there. And then guess what? That cucumber is being soaked. It's soaking all that stuff up. Right? That's how the Holy Spirit comes in us. When He, when he comes and He fills us. We, every, every part of our being gets filled with Him. So, that's like I said. So we wonder sometimes how the shadow of Peter can heal people. Amen. Right? Because he was filled. Mm -hmm. the, the power 
of the Holy Ghost was in Peter. Uh, verse 4 says, they were all filled. So filled actually here means meaning to the maximum. They were filled to the maximum. Like we, we mentioned it before, when you top off your vehicle, right? We have to be topped off. We have to be topped off. And sometimes we forget because, again, we get busy with our everyday routines. But the Lord doesn't want us to forget that. And really, this is the basics, really. Right? We, we, we think that being baptized, being filled in the Holy Spirit is something... Um, Something so extravagant theologically, but no, it's not. It's a basic. It's a basic. And when we see all, as we go through Acts on Wednesday, we see all through Acts, people were filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's really basic. So we have to wonder sometimes how there are Christians that are not filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we function by not being filled with the Holy Spirit? So they also say suddenly. So God moved suddenly, and guess what? Holy Spirit, it came, the sound came from what? Heaven. Heaven. It's not man-made. So we can't just sit up there and create an atmosphere to try to get the Holy Spirit to move. But each of us surrenders to Him. Surrenders to His presence. Let's turn to um, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. So, I'm going to start at the 34th verse. So, this is where, um, actually, the Gentiles are first introduced into to the Holy Spirit. Right? But it's through Peter. Uh, centurion by the name of Cornelius. He has, a, he has an, um, a visitation by an angel who tells him to send men to Peter. To get Peter. And then... Peter, at the same time, is being talked to by the Spirit and telling him, the Spirit is telling Peter to go. So, that's where we're at. So, we're going to start at verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. I'm going to read a lot here. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. So, in every nation. That word nation means ethnicity. Everybody. So, whoever fears him, and works righteousness is accepted by him. Why? Because he's not a respectable person. And see, believe it or not, the Jews, for those that don't know, the Jews thought he was a respectable person. That it was just them. And this is why now they're being introduced into the Holy Spirit, the Gentiles. The word which you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all those, excuse me, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. That word oppressed means exercise dominion. We have a lot of born-again believers. They may not be possessed, but they are oppressed. The enemy is exercising dominion over them. That's why Jesus came. So that's why we have to be filled. For those that are oppressed, we can go. And we can pray over them. And sometimes it may not even require us praying over them. It may just be us giving them the word. Amen. As we'll see here in a minute. Verse 39. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on the tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God. 
even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sin. So whoever, whoever believes in him. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. Right there. So we talked about a couple weeks ago how Holy Spirit was received through prayer, through laying on hands. But guess what? The Holy Spirit was received by these people just by Peter speaking the word. But we don't, we don't, we don't think about that. Sometimes we, we neglect the teaching of the word because it's hard on our flesh. But guess what? These people were ready. They were ready and they got filled just that quick. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. So we're going to go over to verse 11. But understand, when you catch that right there, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit before they were baptized in water. Alright, chapter 11. Uh, verse 1, Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, you went, you went in to uncircumcised men and ate with them. So let's start right there. That word contended with them actually means to discriminate, to sh uh, strife, right there. So they were arguing with Peter because they thought it was just for them. They thought it was just for the Jews. But God had other plans. God had the plans already made, mapped out. See, but the Holy Spirit had to give Peter a vision. Amen. <laughs> he had to give him a vision. Verse 4. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. An object descended like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently, and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of age, rehashing what took place in uh, early in chapter 10. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Verse 10, Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At the very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me and entered that man's house. All right, let's stop right there. So, going back to verse, beginning of verse 12. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Doubting nothing. That's the same word as contended. Peter didn't go into strife with the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? If Peter would have disobeyed, he would have been in strife. How many times the Holy Spirit has told us to do something and we don't do it? Because it's out of our comfort zone. So when we do that, guess what? We're in strife with the Holy Ghost. Because we're not obeying. See, because if Peter would have disobeyed, like I said, he would have been in strife. It would have been a disagreement, conflict. 
Right? And guess what? The Holy Spirit was not going to argue with him. But Peter probably would argue with him. 13. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you, are, you and all your household will be saved. Now just imagine if Peter was disobedient. You got a whole household, just like with Paul and Silas in the jail with the jailer. They were obedient to go where the Lord was leading them to go. Verse 15. And I began to speak the Holy Spirit, excuse me, and, I, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. So just like they were in the upper room, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And guess what? As he began to speak, it wasn't like he was giving a whole long sermon at that point, but as he began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell. Why? Because they were hungry. They were hungry. See, sometimes we want to be filled, but we're not hungry. <laughs> we're not thirsty. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed, indeed baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? Verse 18, and when they heard these things, they became silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance and life. Why? Because they couldn't argue with what the Lord did there. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Even though they came and they were getting on Peter, once Peter testified to them what took place, they couldn't argue that. Right. Matthew 5 and 6 says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. See, sometimes we want to get filled, but are you hungry? Are you thirsty for him? See, when we thirst and hunger for God, he will fill us with more of him. Amen. And see, if we're hungry and we're thirsty for God, guess what? Even when we come home from work, we're going to go to him. Because we're going to go to that well. And he's going to fill us some more. And continuously fill us, right? So we have to learn to seek, seek God continuously, right? I said that word continuously on purpose because that word continuously actually means without gaps. Right? So sometimes what we do is we allow those gaps to come in. We want to seek God and get in His presence and worship Him one day. But then we're tired two or three days later. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to sit this one out. Right? I've been guilty of that. But He wants us to be consistent in our walk with Him. That's the difference. Amen. That's the difference. That's why I say we can have as much God as we want to. And we can be filled with Him all the time. Amen. All the time. And then that's how we make a difference in the world. Not only the world, that's how we make a difference in the church. Because we see so many people, so many Christians that are dry. Walking around miserable. There's no joy. But we've got to have the joy of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right? Doesn't mean we get all crazy and act. No, no, no. no. Remember what I said? We, we be in control. You know, we can, we can clap, we can dance, we can shout, we can do all those things. Right? But... At the same time, we're still in control. Amen. So blessed here, right here in uh, Matthew chapter 5, means happy. So, we should be happy. Right? Amen. We should have joy. So why do I see so many self-proclaimed Christians walking around looking miserable? <laughs> They're not spending time with the Lord. They're not filled. Amen. Hunger means to crave ardently, to seek with eager desire. 
many of us have that desire? How many of us are hungry? To thirst. Thirst means to eagerly long for. Those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, strengthened. See, even if we come home and we're tired, we're fatigued, guess what? We can get in His presence. We can go in prayer. We can, matter of fact, we can read His Word. And see, that's what He was doing with me this week. He took me away not, not looking at the sports stuff, had me looking at His Word. And then my spirit, my soul was refreshed. Just that quick. But see, if I had been looking at sports, then guess what? I'm empty. That's emptiness going on. God don't care about sports. He don't. He cares about the athletes. Right? He doesn't care whether or not somebody wins or loses, truth be told. So we we have to be hungry for the Lord. We have to we have to make it a point to to get in his presence daily. Right? And we, we should ask him for him to fill us up. And he'll do it. Amen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there because I'm gonna play another song, and, and you know even if you fill, guess what? You can still get filled more Amen. because he continues to pour, and that's when the overflow comes, right? And then see, we don't minister just by being filled. We minister out of our overflow. That's, right. that's the difference. That's right. I just ask you, you know, and I'm not gonna pray. <laughs> right? I'm not. We're gonna close out on this. We'll close out in prayer. But we're going to close out on this song um, because, and if you want to be filled with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, then I invite you to stand. <laughs> Kneel, pray, whatever. Amen. We give you thanks for the opportunity to call you Lord, to call you Father. Move by your spirit in this worship experience. Destroy the hills of the enemy. We say welcome to you tonight.
tell you, because I, I shared the testimony before when I went into the reserves. You know, the Lord had me, well, Lord, I was praying, playing that song over and over and over and just worshiping God. And and um, this was years ago. And, that's, you know, he just kept refilling me each and every day, each and every day, right? And then people began to notice. Right? And I shared with Derek before, sometimes you may not notice, right? Other people may notice before, before we may notice our own self. Right, but because reason why we're not we're not uh, reason why we may not notice right away because our hearts and our minds should be on Christ. Mm -hmm. Right, our hearts and minds so it's not on our own agenda really. Right, so we don't we don't have to be bound. Holy Spirit can set us free, and we can be free and walk free. Right, even just like with Paul and Silas when they were in jail. Right? What did they do? They praised. Hallelujah. They praised and worshipped. That's all, that's all we have to do. And I told you, even when I picked up the paper that day, I felt his presence leaving. Why? Because he wanted to spend time with me. Yes. And I could have ignored him. And it didn't mean I wasn't saved. But then I missed out on the blessing. Mm -hmm. I would have missed out on the blessing. I would have missed out on that one-on-one -on -one time. Because he was right there. And I could literally... I, I still remember it to this day, like it was today, that his presence started to lift up as soon as I picked up that paper. And then guess what? When I put it down, boom. <laughs> and then I, I, and I thought, I said, well, you know what? Maybe it was just me. Then I picked it up again. <laughs> then the presence started to lift up. And I said, okay, I get it. I get it. That's how we have to be. Right? We, we have to block out our, our distractions. And we have to want it. That's what Cornelius and his family, they wanted it. See, a lot of times we say we want the Holy Ghost, but do we truly want it? Or is he competing with other things that we're putting inside of us? There should be no competition. Amen. And see, we're all guilty of that. I don't care how long we've been working with the Lord. I mean, you know, how long we've been with the Lord. We can all be guilty of that. All right? So that's not no combination. But I want us to be mindful of those things going forward. That, you know... As we continue on, because we're going we're gonna to talk about fellowship. I ain't really getting into the fellowship like I wanted to. But, you know, as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that's what brings us together. To fellowship with one another. That's how they were able to be on one accord in the upper room. Right? And then they were able to stay on one accord. Right? But, and, then, and I read uh, before, back in uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel, right, with Saul, King Saul. What happened? The Spirit was on him. And then he started to, people please, guess what? The anointing left. Right? So we can be guilty of that. You know who else was guilty of that? I forgot to read the scripture. Peter. So we saw that <clears throat> Peter was sent by the Lord to go to the Gentiles. Galatians chapter 2. <laughs> I forgot to read the scripture. <laughs> I'll be done after this. <laughs> This just shows you how, you know, we can find ourselves being filled one moment and then doing the works of the flesh the next minute. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. Now remember, in, uh, in Acts chapter 10 and 11, Peter was what? Fellowshipping with the Gentiles, all right? Guess what? Paul, Paul calls his bluff on this, right? Paul confronts him. All right, verse 11. Galatians chapter 2. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. 
For before that certain came from James, he did eat with, with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. That sounds like King Saul. See, because there were Jewish Christians that came to Antioch. So Peter, before they got there, Peter were hanging out with the Gentiles. But as soon as the Jewish Christians came, Peter said, no. I'm not hanging out with them. But this was the same Peter that defended his actions, what he was told to do in Acts. But guess what? Now he was more concerned about the people than being obedient to the Lord. Alright, so let's keep going. And the other Jews dis dissembled likewise with them, insomuch that Barnabas also carried away with their dissimulation. Made a hypocrisy. So this was Barnabas who was with Paul. Why? Because why did Barnabas do this? Peter's a leader. Peter's a leader. The people are going to do what the leaders do. So even though Peter's wrong, and Barnabas probably knew he was wrong, Barnabas did it because he's following the leader. This is why leaders are held to a higher standard in the eyes of God. Peer pressure. Yep. Verse 14. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? So, Paul did the right thing. He confronted them. Right? So, even if somebody does something, we're supposed to do what? We're supposed to go to them. But we don't usually do that, no. truth be told. No. And then if we do it, we may do it out of the wrong spirit, wrong attitude, and not out of love. Right? But Peter deserved to be confronted on this. Why? Because not only was he doing it, but his actions influenced other people. And see, even in our actions, as we confessing Christians, our actions can influence other people that we're around. People in our home. Our jobs. So what example are we setting? That's why it's important for us to be filled and stayed. So somehow, Peter probably quit spending a little bit of time with the Lord. The Bible don't say that's my speculation, my opinion. Right? So I'm not I'm not adding to, but that's just my opinion. For him to do that. Because he was filled in Acts chapter 10. And he went. And then he defended his actions. Amen. Amen. So I'll stop there.